Welcome to the first career podcast, Career Readiness. My name is Marcy Bullock. I'm Director of Professional Development. And today I'm here with the career ambassadors who have just done a wonderful job introducing themselves. And we have a special guest today, Katie Belusa, who is a wellness expert. So we thought, what better way to kick off a brand new year January 2019, then focusing on self-care and wellness. So Katie, if you can start off by telling us, since you heard all these elevator pitches, a little bit about yourself if we stepped in an elevator today and we had 60 seconds for you to impress me. All right, Uh, well, thank you all for having me. My name is Katie Belusa. I'm the coordinator of wellness programs for NC State Wellness and Recreation. We used to be called University Recreation, but we have a name change because wellness is just that important. Um, I joined NC State in August of 2018, so I'm relatively new. Uh, I did my undergrad at the University of Connecticut. I studied human development and family studies with a focus on family law and policy and comparative family policy. Um, After that, I felt a little confused where I wanted to go in my life, and I ended up saying I love health, I love politics, so I got my master's in public health uh, at Boston University. I studied social and behavioral health. Uh, My main focus there was on obesity prevention and nutrition um, and social determinants of health and racial inequity. Um, There, I went to Boys and Girls Club. I worked there for about a year and a half in Boston. Uh, Learned a lot there. And, you know, as I was in my professional career, I realized I really wanted to work with students. And I also really didn't like the cold. So Mm -hmm. I moved down here. uh, And I have been working here at uh, Wellness and Recreation since August. and you know, in my personal time, I like to work out, especially powerlifting. That's my favorite type of exercise. Um, I am an ENFJ for my Myers Briggs type. I heard a few ENFJs out there. Um, and my strengths are, let's see if I can rile them off the top of my head. Uh, developer, positivity, woo, harmony, and relator. Well done. Well yes. done. I had to, not, not quite as smooth as y'all, but you know. Well, we gave everybody a cheat sheet today because we are focusing a lot on our Gallup strengths because we realize that there's only a 1 in 33 million chance that someone else would have the same top five in the same order we do. So it's pretty interesting. And throughout the semester, we are focusing on all the wonderful things we bring to the table. But I think as college students, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of stress. And as we saw from our first activity, we can never get it all done. So I was curious about your thoughts on self-care and any tips you might have for students who are, I think, constantly comparing themselves and feeling brought down and very self-critical. Yeah, you know, self-care is kind of like a buzzword these days, right? Like, when you when I say self-care, what do people think of? I'm curious to hear what y'all think. Like, if I'm like, what's your favorite form of self-care? What would you tell me? Taking a very long, hot shower. Yes, long, hot shower. What else? Napping. Napping, yeah. Saying no to people. Oh my God, I'm so happy you said that. No one ever says that for a form of self-care. But yes, that's actually one of my favorite forms of self-care. What else? I would say getting myself sweets. Getting sweets, yep. You've got a sweet tooth, right? Canceling plans. Canceling plans. Watching my favorite TV show. Watching your favorite TV show. Yeah, so self-care is crazy broad, right? We just talked about so many things that were unrelated to each other, right? Self-care really is just anything intentionally done to help yourself. Um, That's also a broad definition, and I think purposely so, um, because a lot of time we think of self-care, we think of like somebody like sitting in a bathtub, like 
listening to relaxing music or maybe they're watching Netflix, right? And that can totally be self-care, but self-care has a lot of different faces. Um, and I think, you know, part of my job here at NC State, what I want to do is be able to have conversations with students about what self-care actually means, not just the, the buzzword or the any Parks and Rec fans out here, like the treat yourself kind of <laughs> self-care, right? Which also they're not treating themselves well. They're going into like debt real bad, right, in that episode. So don't, don't do that because um, financial well-being is important. Um, but as far as you know, like helpful tips and things like that, um, part of my job, I'm a health educator, um, and that is a large part of what my job is, is I go around and I do workshops, presentations, and I talk to students about relevant health topics. And can anyone guess what the number one topic I talk to students is? Just take a guess. What's something that affects all college students? Stress. Stress, yeah, stress and mental health, absolutely. That is the number one thing I talk to people about. Um, and I think, Unfortunately, I think college students are probably some of the most stressed out people in America and maybe even the world. Um, but I also feel like NC State students are particularly stressed. Um, I've been to multiple universities and colleges and I can honestly say I feel like y'all real stressed. <laughs> y'all real stressed. Um, for a lot of different reasons. I think one of them is, I don't know, y'all stop me if I'm wrong, but do you feel that there's a culture of like, I need to be doing more and I need to be more involved. And like, if I'm not stressed, maybe I'm doing something wrong or I'm not doing enough. I see a lot of head nods. Um, and my student employees tell me the same thing. Um, and I think that unfortunately that has created this environment of very, it's not unfortunate y'all are very high achieving, but it does create an environment where people are scared to fail. Um, and people are scared to say no. So I'm glad you said that you like to say no to things because uh, we will get there in a minute. Um, but I think the number one thing I tell students about stress is you have to find something that works for you that helps you feel a little bit better, even if it's just one small thing. So you all seem to have a decent handle, some of you might, about what helps you feel better, right? But maybe you're someone sitting here and you're like, nothing really helps my stress, right? And that's okay too. Um, because part of why your career ambassadors and part of all your students and part of why you're involved here is because you're still learning about who you are, right? Um, what works for me for self-care might not work for anybody else in this room and that's okay um, but we can definitely dig more into what that looks like for each individual person in here for sure it's really interesting to think about just the di different decades of your life and I know we're at two different generations and you're in your 20s right now but you have transitioned out of grad school into professional realms so I was thought of my 20s as very trying like exhausting like I, I'm figuring out who I am and I felt like I was very selfish I felt like I made a lot of stumbles in my 20s and in my 30s I started to get a little bit more confident and comfortable in my own skin and I'm curious what you wish you would have known as a college student as you think back to your your time when you were an undergrad yeah that's a great question um, because I'm, I'm almost 27, so I'm entering my late 20s, um, but I'm still in my 20s, still figuring some things out, and the 20s is definitely trying. You go through a lot of ups and downs, and a lot of people in this room are probably in their 20s too, early 20s, and probably like, yep, definitely some trying times, right? And I, I, in my last few years working professionally, being in graduate school, I worked also while I was in graduate school as a personal trainer, um, and there's a few things I think people, I really wish people told me were honest and upfront about, and the, I think the one thing I always think of and I tell my student employees this all the time is nobody actually has it all figured out nobody 
Um, think of like maybe when you were a child, I always looked at my parents and I was like, adults just have it all figured out. Like they, they get it. They don't. Um, that's why I'm here to tell you. Nobody is 100% like confident in themselves, their abilities. Nobody's 100%. I know what's happening. I know what's going on. It's like a lie that has been perpetuated. And I, I feel like it's really toxic because it always gives us this place that we're trying to reach that doesn't exist, right? Just like I say, wellness is it's a journey, right? It's not a destination. That and wellness being super broad, right? Um, but anything in life is a journey, right? There's, you might feel like, you might set goals, I wanna be here, I wanna be here, but I wish somebody had told me that you're never gonna totally feel like life is 100% incredible and you have it all figured out, because that's just not the reality. Um, and then the second thing I wish people told me was that pretty much everything's a learned skill. Um, when I was in college, I was not that organized. And I tried, I still got good grades. I was probably over-programmed, um, probably trying to do too much of this and too much of that and be over-involved and all those things. Um, and I wasn't that organized. I just struggled to find an organizational technique that worked for me. So I remember just being like, well, I'm just not organized, that's just me. I suck at being organized. I remember saying that to myself. Um, and now I'm really organized. And because it's a learned skill, and nobody ever said to me like, hey, you just don't have it, you don't have it down yet, and that's okay, because you're young and you're gonna figure it out. So here I was feeling bad about myself, about thinking I wasn't, you know, didn't have this one really important professional skill, because it is a skill, um, but you can really develop pretty much anything that you want to, to be or develop. Um, obviously we have our strengths, we have our Myers-Briggs, we have our DISC assessment, right? We have all these different personality types and those you know, aren't really too much of changing because it's who we are, but for the most part, you can, you can learn almost anything. Um, and I wish somebody had told me that because I probably wouldn't have beat myself up so much about things that I was struggling with or not so good at right. at the time. Yeah. yeah, just kind of labeling yourself like, that's, that's not my thing, and then you realize, oh, that can be my thing because yeah. I just need to try some new techniques. So I know when we chatted, you had a cool little acronym and a technique, and I see a lot of students taking notes. So I'm wondering if there are some specific tips that people can walk away from today with to help them to get more organized. Yeah, definitely. So like I said, it's a skill. So if you're like, I'm trying to figure things out, but I don't really have it figured out, that's okay. Um, everybody in this room is always learning, trying to be better, right? Um, so a lot of my job too is teaching people about time management strategies. Um, and my student employees, I'm a supervisor, so I have a lot of student employees I try to help with too. There's a couple things you can do and leave this room today with um, that I think will really help you. Um, one is having a, any kind of system of organization to keep track of your week. So any Google Calendar people in the house? Okay, that's the most hands I've ever seen when I ask that question. They so actually are great. required to use it. Oh, yeah, you um, just told me now, that. let's do one more thing. Amazing. How many of you love using your Google Calendar? Mmm, a few fewer, that's okay. But help win me over on the I love my Google Calendar. Definitely. So I was never a Google Calendar person. Um, to be honest with you, my first time I ever really like used it, used it was when I came to state. Um, my last job, I didn't really need a calendar because a lot of it was direct service work and youth development, so I didn't have to have that type of organization. wasn't a necessary skill per se. I come here, my job, I do a lot of things. When people ask me what I do, I'm kind of like, what don't I do? You know. So I needed a system to be organized. And Google Calendar is great because it's already built into the, to Gmail, which every person in this room has Gmail because that's what our state emails are. Um, 
the reason why I like Google Calendar so much as a way to kind of organize your life um, is a couple reasons. One is because it's on your laptop, it can be on your phone, you can have it automatically sync. Um, so you're never really gonna be without it. Today's day and age, we're always kind of have our phones on us, right? So, you know, maybe you're someone who likes to have it on the laptop, the big Google Calendar, but it's also on your phone, so it's, it's portable. Um, I also like it because it's really user-friendly. It's easy to handle. I'm really bad with technology. Um, my students make fun of me all the time. They say I'm like a grandma with computers, um, and it's true. So I like it because it's really user-friendly. You can make it pretty with colors, right? Whatever suits you. Um, but I also like it because there's a couple little things within Google Calendar that you can do that I find really helpful. Um, does anyone ever utilize the Google Tasks form on Google Calendar? One. One, like two, it it's on the side, I'll say like tasks, it's like a little Plus, blue thing with yellow. It and when you it. Yeah, so we got a few people who, who do Google Tasks. So anyone who's not familiar with Google Tasks, it's uh, part of Google Calendar, um, and it basically is like your to-do list that gets incorporated into your calendar. So where let's say it's today's Friday, right? You have everything you have to do on Friday. Your tasks will actually sit at the very top of that day, and they'll be real small oh, in a different yeah. color. So yeah, so you maybe like now you know what it's called. It's called Google Tasks. Um, so it's that is very very helpful um, because you can actually assign due dates. So for me, when you log into my Google Calendar, it might stress you out a little bit. People always tell me that it stresses them out because it's so many colors. Um, but when I log in every day, I have what I'm going to do that day. Um, and what we like to call those are your MITs, which means your most important tasks. So MITs, M-I-T is um, probably one of my favorite time management uh, you know, pieces that I can teach anybody. Um, so I have my to-do list, right? It might be crazy long. Anyone ever had a crazy long to-do list and it just like freaks you out when you look at it and it's like now I'm anxious and I'm stressed and oh my gosh, I'm never gonna get this done. Right, we've all done that. Um, MITS is a technique to kind of alleviate some of that pressure, anxiety, and stress. So the way this system works is that you might pick two to four things that are your most important tasks, right? So here we are, we're learning to prioritize with this skill, right? And these are things that just, they have to get done today. So for me, I had a couple things this morning that were absolute musts. One, I have to do, finish a presentation because I'm doing it tomorrow. So that had to be done today, right? Because it's tomorrow. Um, that would be an example of something that is on my mitts list. It's really, really important to not do more than like four. It's very easy to do go overboard, right? Because you're like, everything's important, right? It's really easy to get stuck in that habit. But by having mitts, our most important task, and have it be two to three things, it actually is really beneficial to us uh, in our wellness for a couple reasons. One is because it's just a great way to stay organized, right? When your to-do list is freaking you out and you're stressed out and you're anxious, the last thing you wanna be looking at is a million things you have to do and you just don't have the time to do it, right? So one, it helps us to just get things done and stay organized. We break things down, we stay organized. Also, when we break things down, we alleviate our anxiety. Um, and I'm not, when I say anxiety, I don't mean that as like, I have to be clinically diagnosed as someone with an anxiety disorder. I'm saying anxiety is that basic human emotion that all of us feel when we're stressed or anxious or nervous about something, right? We've all experienced anxiety. Um, it, it helps us alleviate our anxiety because it helps us to see things in a, you know, smaller lens. Sometimes big picture is great, but sometimes it's stressful, right? It's too much. So this allows us to kind of break things down smaller. And then at the end of the day, or whenever that task is finished, you can just check it off. 
it feels really good to cross things off your to-do list, right? It feels great. I feel like I like breath of fresh air when I do it, right? So it also can really help our mental health on top of our time management skills. So I always, always, always encourage people if they're ever feeling like overwhelmed or stressed about um, things that they have to do is prior- try prioritizing that way. Um, I got everybody in my family doing mitts. I got my parents on it. My husband does it. Uh, you know, everybody. My sister-in-law, she's 17. And she's struggling with her time management, so I got her on the mitts game. Um, but a lot of people find that it's really, really helpful. So that, uh, you know, in, in, in conjunction with the Google Calendar, not saying you have to use Google Calendar forever, but I do think that the combination of the two is really beneficial. And, um, technology can be really helpful sometimes, and I think that's, like, a great example of, of how... Yeah, I like the um, how catchy that is to say, just list four. Like, yeah. this is a realistic day for me. These are the four things I have to get done. So that's an awesome tip. How about thinking about any challenges or obstacles that you had to overcome? Just getting more towards what struggles have occurred in your life that have gotten you to a place where you are more confident and taking care of yourself. Yeah, um, I've always been a really confident person, people tell me. Um, and I like to think I was too have been um but of course we all go through times in our life where you know we're really not feeling our best or living our best life college was a rough time for me because i was still trying to really figure out who i was um you know i have i feel like i have all these different identities sometimes where i'm really like this but i also really like this thing and traditionally those two things don't go together right so i had a lot of that in college and trying to just like figure out who i am and what i want to do and what really drives me um like what's my purpose right um here we're your career ambassadors and in my field we talk about purpose well-being being that career well-being right so for me it was we like to say purpose because it really just means love for what is done each day that's how we define it which I think is really beautiful and poetic right um but I really struggle to like think about my purpose right and utilizing my strengths um so I think for me um overcoming you know some self-doubt of I so I'm a people person I'm like I said, I'm an ENFJ, and when I took my Myers-Briggs personality test, uh, I was like 99% extroverted, 1% introverted. Uh, yeah, like big time. Um, and for me, like I love people. I love being around people. I just want to help them. I want to make everybody's problems go away. I want to help you and you and you. That was always me. Um, and I burned out big time. And some of you listening right now are probably like, that's totally me, right? Um, you know, those empathetic personality types that always want to give And I think I really struggled with setting boundaries. Like y'all are talking about boundaries, right? I really struggled with setting boundaries of, um, you know, saying no to things. I still struggle with that, full disclosure, Um, but I'm getting better. Um, Like you said, self-care, or saying no is a form of self-care, and it definitely is. So that, I think, has been something that has, I don't want to necessarily say plagued me, but it's definitely been something I've had to work a lot on, because I feel guilt when I don't help people. Um, I feel like everyone always comes to me when they need help, which is a good thing, because I feel like people know they can trust me and I'm always there for them. Um, that has definitely been something that's been hard for me is to you know, put myself first. That's something that's very hard for a lot of us is to put ourselves first. Um, but there's not a whole lot wrong with that sometimes. Um, I encourage you to put yourself first a lot. Uh, but I think for me professionally too, those things have carried over. Um, sometimes at work I have a hard time saying no and I have too much on my plate. And I say, sure, I'll do that 30th thing even though I've already worked all my hours for the week, right? Um, so those are just 
things to be aware of, you know, even in your professional life. If the, the, saying no is something in my personal life that's really hard for me, but it, those things do, you know, cross over into your professional life. Um, so definitely being aware of things that you do struggle with working professionally. Because um, I wish I was more aware of how there's a whole lot of overlap there with personal and professional life. Yeah, and I like that notion you just brought up about putting yourself first because I think sometimes we're giving to so many other people that we go, oh, I didn't get my workout in today. And I know both of you share, you and I share a love of fitness and really taking care of this container that is going to carry our body around for our entire days on the planet. So what would be a tip you would give a student to say it's all right to actually take a break and sweat and work out so that you're feeling strong and healthy. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying you have to work out. Like, if that's not your thing, totally cool. Uh, for me, I'm Marcy and I had a conversation on Monday about how we're just much better people when we get our exercise in. You'll enjoy me a lot more as a person when I've had my workouts. Um, but sometimes I don't fit them in, and I sometimes you probably feel the same way, whether it's about working out or whether it's about something else that you genuinely enjoy doing that betters you. Um, and my advice is to, there's a few things. One is to make things as easy as you can on yourself. So for example, I want to get my exercise more often. I've struggled with that a lot last semester because I was really busy. So I keep sneakers at my job and I keep workout clothes just there in, you know, in my office. Um, I also work in the rec center, so I have really no excuse. Um, <laughs> but now for me, it's like, well, I'm working in the rec center. I make myself there because I know I can just walk right upstairs and I can attend a group fitness class or I can go to the gym, right? So one is make things as simple as you can. I would tell that to my clients too when I was a personal trainer. If you're going to you know, join a gym that's right next to your work or on the way home because you're already passing it, right? Make it as easy as you can on yourself. Um, and then my second thing too is Learn how to love yourself in a, in a real way, like a real self-love way. And what I mean by that is like an unconditional love. You make mistakes. We all do. Um, and I think that when we're not fully in love with ourselves, we don't cut ourselves breaks. Um, and we also, you know, if you're trying, I'm trying to fit in my workout, and if I'm not feeling like I deserve to feel good, then I'm not going to make my workout happen. You know, so framing things in a way that be like, I'm doing this because I'm awesome and I deserve to feel great, right? That's not being cocky. That's not being selfish. Um, you know, you have to love yourself. I tell my students all the time, you're no good to me if you are tired and sad and burned out, right? Um, you're no good to anybody if you're not taking care of yourself. You know, they always say they're like, when my students are like, ah, I want a boyfriend. And I'm like, girl, you got to focus on you first, right? People tell you that. It's, it's really true. Um, no one's really going to love you until you love yourself. And so that's such a good point to realize that you have to focus on you and not always kind of put it lower on the priority list. Like you said, having the kicks right out there in your bag and you're like, that 30 minutes is non-negotiable. Like after class today, I'm going to F45. I signed up for it and I'm going to, you know, sweat and get it on. So what would you say is one book that you think everyone should read? Ooh, I love books. I have a lot that I really like. Um, and I'm a public health nerd, so I love public health books. And are you, you're interested in getting your MPH, you said? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Love it. Uh, anyone else interested in public health? In their pursuit. I'm taking some more like nutrition classes. Cool. I do like public nutrition classes as well. Love it. Well, if anyone wants to ever talk public health, I'm your gal. Um, but I read a lot of public health books. Um, and I think 
I guess this is really open to anybody, anything. Um, the one book that I think really actually changed my life is a book called Mountains Beyond Mountains. Um, it's by Tracy Kidder. I don't know if anyone's heard of this book before. Um, it's about Dr. Paul Farmer. He is a um, anthropologist, epidemiologist, and physician um, who is actually famous for uh, eradicating TB from Haiti. That is like what he is most famous for. And that book, Mountains Beyond Mountains, is actually about that journey in Haiti. Um, and I actually read it before. I've been to Haiti multiple times. Um, and I, my, my dad, who had been there before, gave this book to me as a present and was like, you should really read this book before you go. Um, and I did, and it just like completely changed the way that I viewed the world. Um, one, because Paul Farmer is amazing, and I want to be him in my life one day. Um, but the compassionate care that he gave to people, um, that book also focuses a lot about like how, how um, policy influences behavior and how policy in influences health. Um, I don't know if anyone's familiar with um, any like health policy or any health crises in Haiti, but um, a lot of diseases, especially like cholera, if anyone's heard of cholera, um, or the reason why cholera was so uh, spread widely in Haiti was because missionaries from the United States and other parts of the world were going there and were going to the bathroom near their sources of water. So um, they kind of talk about this white savior complex. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that, the idea of that um, westernized and white people tend to go into place and I'm gonna fix any everything I know what you already need um, so I love that book because it also talks about you know race and um, health inequity and things like that so if anyone has any inter interest in any of those things I highly recommend that book it completely changed the way that I think professionally and personally um, that's really great and then on another one sorry I love books a lot um, has anyone read the new Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander. Fabulous book also um, about how um, the imprisonment of black bodies is basically the new Jim Crow laws. I read that book also two years ago and that also continued to change the way that I saw and viewed the world. So I highly, highly recommend both of those. They're really fascinating. Um, Great. Yeah. Those are good suggestions. I know you could keep going. Oh, I have too many. But if people <laughs> want to follow up with you, it sounds like you are comfortable with them reaching out to you Please on do. email yes. or on LinkedIn. It's yeah. Catherine, right? Yeah, my real name's Catherine. Catherine Belusa. Yes. So um, let's give our first podcast interviewee a great hand. Yeah.